you got to have that dog in you. You got to have that that fight. You got to have that that heart um, to where no matter what's going on around you, you're just gonna you're gonna be all about the throwdown. From 1011 now, and the 1011 studios in Lincoln, Nebraska. It's just being where our feet are, um, you know, and taking each day one day at a time, one pitch at a time, whatever it may be. Um, and I think that's that's how we're gonna get. Um, to where we need to be. This is the End Report Podcast. Welcome on into the End Report Podcast. It is February 16th, and it is time to do our Husker baseball preview. Yes, baseball season is here. Joined, as always, by sports director Kevin Suits. Kevin, I've been waiting nine months to use that soundbite again. Got to be ready for the throwdown. Got to have that dog in you. Got to have that dog. I mean, I think in my five years here at 1011, that is my favorite Husker coaching quote or soundbite that we've ever had. And that quote goes along with the gritty beats pretty. Right. Mantra that the Nebraska baseball players banged on throughout the entire 2021 season. Man, Wilbold's great, is he not? And he's sincere. Yeah. I mean, you, you believe it. You don't think he's putting on a show. You just believe that is the person he is and I mean you've had countless interactions with him how much of that the believability factor with Will Bolt how much of that do you think is because fans saw that when he played here I think the message might be received differently if he was a non-Nebraskan now granted he's from Texas originally but somebody who doesn't have any connection to the program it may be a little bit of lip service but because everybody adored Will Bolt for the way he played the game back when he was in college, but also they understand that, like, that's in his DNA. He's a roll-up-your-sleeves kind of guy. And it clearly bleeds into the locker room. Nebraska, the defending Big Ten champions, coming off a 34-14 2021 campaign. Uh, Of course, they were the two-seed in the Arkansas Regional. Arkansas, the number one overall seed last year. They almost had it, came up just a bit short. You know, it was fun just the other day, Bill, when we were preparing some of our coverage for the sportscast, getting that video out again and looking at that Fayetteville regional. Remember that? How rowdy of a scene that was? Those nights, you know, those nights that were in May, they were so much fun. Just you would schedule your day around Nebraska baseball. When were they going to play? Because not only did fans like the winning, but they just like the style in which they played. But, yeah, you just you just go back and watch some of those things, and all these memories come flooding back, going toe-to-toe with Arkansas, Cade Povich in the phenomenal year he had, Spencer Schwellenbach in his uh, quick ascent, which, oh, by the way, he was drafted pretty highly after last Top 50 year. Pick. Yeah, so there, there were so many things about baseball that maybe you have forgotten temporarily. All it takes is... Pull up a few videos, whether it's on YouTube, watch the sportscast on 1011, and man, a lot of those uh, feelings and emotions will come right back to the surface. I know one thing that makes me nervous, Husker fans are just are craving a men's program to do well right now. Football 3-9, and nine, men's basketball, ooh, they finally got their first Big Ten win, but it's been rough. Are the expectations too high for baseball? Interesting question, which on that point, Bill, I did mention to Will Bolt the other day. I said, you know, everybody is putting a lot of hope in you right now. And he joked, he's like, I'm aware. <laughs> at first he kind of looked at me like, really? And this is just kind of, you know, 
off to the side in a friendly, playful nature. Uh, and he's very well aware that the men's programs at the University of Nebraska, they have not had the results in which fans have wanted. And so everybody said, wait till baseball, wait till, well, baseball is here. And um, I think it's, it's worth saying at the beginning of the podcast here, Bill, that this is not last year's team. There has been a lot of change with the roster. I was going to say, the, the names that you've mentioned so far, Cade Povich, Spencer Schwellenbach, gone, also gone, Jackson Hallmark. So we're talking about the top home run hitters, the Friday night starter. The, the entire weekend rotation is gone, Bill. Well, Shea Shanneman is back, but uh, Chance Roach is gone. Uh, Kate Luke Roscom is, gone. is gone. Luke Roscom is gone. There, there are so many important pieces of that team. In fact, when you look at it, every day starters-wise, Nebraska only has four returning. So when that first lineup card comes out on Friday, there are going to be some names that you might want to have the roster handy to say, what year is he? Where did he come from? And then maybe do a little bit of experience. In fact, if you look at the weekend rotation, which Will Bolt announced on Tuesday, one of the names, Dawson McCarville, I think that's a name. Huh? Who? There's a lot of folks that don't know. He's a, a transfer from Grand Canyon, a big, strong uh, righty, 6'3", 215. It's almost like he plucked him from the offensive line room and said, listen, you're <laughs> going to come throw some heaters for the baseball team. You went one-on-one -on -one, uh, with Will Bold earlier this year before we, or you just went one-on-one -on -one with Will Bold um, last week. Before we get to that interview, just what's your vibe been from the coach so far in this preseason? Forget about last year. He likes this year's team. And, you know, he know, Will knows it gets a little tiresome hearing the same thing over and over and over. And for us, it's, it doesn't play the best on TV because it's like you're running the same soundbite on Monday as you do on Thursday and then again the following Tuesday. And all it is, it's about the quote-unquote process. Be where your feet are. You just played that. But that's what he has said from the beginning of fall camp for this team when they went through fall baseball. It was all about let's just get a little bit better every single day. And for the team... So everybody inside the clubhouse, they truly believe that. So I think that's what Will knows works. And it's not just a Will Bolt thing. This is something he has learned from his coaching career, especially the influence of Dave Van Horn here as well. So I guess the overarching, to, to make a long answer short, Bill, what's my vibe around the team? That they know they're good. They don't know how good they will be. They're excited to not play all Big Ten teams, and they don't really care about last year. I think that last year's success has helped this team feel good about itself and know what... A little bit what, of believability. Exactly. Know what is attainable. So instead of it just being uh, the unicorn out there, they know that, oh my goodness, they're just right on the cusp of something great. But have there been long conversations about last year and how much fun that was and playing with Spencer and in the accolades that Max Anderson no that is long gone it's about this year and they know that uh, it starts in in just a few days in fact it's Friday the Huskers go down to Texas they're gonna play Sam Houston 48 hours from now we're not the only ones who think they'll be pretty good this year perfect game has them ranked 22nd the National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association has Nebraska picked 
25th. Baseball America has them picked 20th. Uh, really the only Big Ten team to crack the 25, top 25 in preseason. Here is Kevin Suits' one-on-one -on -one interview with Will Bolt. Coach, you guys won 34 games a year ago, Big Ten championship, and had a nice run in the NCAA tournament uh, in the Fayetteville Regional. How do you follow that up here in 2022? Um, yeah, I mean, I think we welcome um, any expectations that might be coming our way. I think that's what we all signed up for here. I know that's what we all signed up for here. Um, it's how we recruit, you know, it's how we coach. So, um, but our expectations are always going to be the same. Just kind of show up day to day and, and be good on that day. And, um, you know, how we follow it up is being a team that plays consistent baseball. I mean, I think that's what every team is searching to be. But, um, we know that in order to play consistent baseball, we've got to show up and be consistent people every day. So that's our that's our challenge. You say this team doesn't talk at, about last season, if at all, hardly ever, and you don't hear it. I think that's pretty uncharacteristic because so many fans still talk about the thrilling ride that you took everybody on. Why is that the case, do you think? Well, I, I think maybe we touched on it some in the fall with them, just kind of maybe drawing on some of the experiences that we had the year before and maybe some learning points, but not, not to compare this team to last year's team because it's two different teams. It's two different years, two different sets of circumstances. Uh, our, guys, our guys are pretty – they keep each other pretty in check <laughs> when it comes to that stuff. So anybody uh, on our team kind of steps outside of themselves for a second, I think we've got a pretty good group of guys that um, keep everybody humble. You say the goal this season is an NCAA regional here in Lincoln. How attainable is that, and what will it take for that to be accomplished this year? Yeah, I think that's going to be the goal every year. Um, some years may be more attainable than others. Um, it all depends on how well you recruit, how well you develop. Um, those recruiting classes stick together, how many guys get to school. Um, I think we have the talent to do it. Um, I think that will be the case most years. Um, do you have the work ethic and some of the intangibles? Those are all kind of remain to be seen up to this point, but um, it's always going to be something that we strive for. You seem really high on the talent, yet you only have one returning weekend starter from last year and four everyday starters from the field. You know, where, where's the talent coming from then, I guess, is the obvious question. Well, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that maybe you saw some of last year, maybe you didn't see much of. Um, there's going to be some freshmen that get some playing time, so... Um, that that's the goal is to when you lose dudes you got to add dudes I mean you can't and it may not just be one player it may be a, a culmination or a combination of players that can kind of fill some of those gaps so um, it's again why why recruiting and and you know acquiring talent and, and developing talent is going to be at the forefront every year well, the weather, Will, has been unbelievable, especially for a baseball coach in February in Lincoln, Nebraska. How much have you guys been outside and what all have you accomplished and uh, what kind of thanks must you give the weather guys in this area? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, they've been, uh, they've been a godsend for us predicting all this warm weather and coming through on it. Yeah. So, uh, no, it's, it's been, uh, again, little things that you just don't get to duplicate, replicate being inside. Uh, just the ball flight for the outfielders and um, taking ground balls on dirt and grass and, um, you know, just, just little baseball things that you kind of take for granted when you're, you know, in a warm weather state maybe that we've all become accustomed to here. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's been awesome to be able to get outside, see the ball fly a little bit, um, and, and be able to run around at Haymarket. Lastly, got a non-conference schedule this year. You know, what does it look like to you in terms of the opponents you're going to see early in the season? Yeah, um, you know, being from down in that area the last five years um, prior to coming back to Nebraska, I mean, 
Coach Harvell came from Sam Houston State. Coach Sirianni is a Husker. I've known him since I was 17 years old. So uh, they're a program that's used to winning. I mean, they've won a lot of conference championships, won a regional within the last four or five years. Um, they've got a great ballpark. They've got a good fan base. They, have, they support baseball there. So um, that, that's going to be a, a big challenge to start the year. And, you know, and obviously going back and playing TCU and then a couple of other, um, you know, teams the next couple of weekends and Northwestern State, who's got great baseball tradition, and UT Arlington, who year in and year out is, is always a, a good team. Um, you know, we're excited about the way it sets up. Um, just so happens we get to go back to my home state three times. Wasn't necessarily planned that way, but I um, feel like we've got quality opponents and um, we're excited about it. Coach, the lower half of Haymarket Park, all those seats are they're sold. Right. And we're still about a month away from the season, or at least a home game here in Lincoln. What can you say about your fan base and the support they're showing you this far away from the season? Yeah, it's it's uh, not a surprise how passionate our fan base is. And, um, you know, we're, again, it's what drew, drew me to this place when I was 18 from Texas and just the support that they've given all athletics through the years. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm excited that they're excited. I'm excited to, to get back out there when that time comes to play in front of our home crowd. And I know our players certainly appreciate the support. That's you, Kevin Suits, and head coach Will Bolt. One of the things that sticks out to me is one of the first things he said, which really has to go back to his coaching philosophy. To be consistent in the field, we have to be consistent people. Yep. Every day. He doesn't let you let up. And when Will came here a few years ago, I remember him telling me a story about how, you know, flipping the culture, it's not as easy as coming in and saying, this is what I believe everybody fall in line. He was making sure his players went to eat breakfast. Instead of being on their own and not knowing, like he made it mandatory that the players check in with him as they went to go eat breakfast. He was encouraging the guys to go to the training table on the University of Nebraska's campus. If they didn't, he just wanted to know. So one, there's accountability there. Two, there is structure there. And thirdly, most importantly, consistency, right? So that's how sometimes you can get really good results. And if you're looking for a coach of the men's programs at the university, the one guy that clearly has his team on the right trajectory, it's Will, and then you try to dissect what exactly is he doing? And I think that that's the answer, Bill, is, you know, it's all about the process, all about consistency and bringing it every single day. I would think that that would maybe get smothering as a player. You know, you can't, you can have a day uh, where you're not on point, but man, you'd feel like I just wasted a day and how much is that going to set me back? Because we'll demand so much every day. You would think maybe it would get smothering, but if this year is anything like we saw last year, the players embraced the personality of their coach. They did in the press conferences. They had all the Will Boltisms that they would say. Um, you're, you're a baseball coach. You coach your son's team. Uh, so you, you're a baseball guy. Baseball is about hitting, pitching, defense. Base running. Nebraska. Only about base running. Base running. Okay. So tell me about this. 2021 Big Ten rankings. I know we'll get to 2022, but this is what Will Bolt did last year. These are the categories Nebraska finished first in the Big Ten. Batting average, 279. Fielding percentage, 979. That was 16th in the country. ERA, okay, this was second, but 381. Sack bunts, first, 34. 
Base running, fielding, pitching, hitting. You know what that is? Not beating yourself. I will go straight to the fielding percentage. That's a pretty phenomenal fielding percentage at the college level. 979. Really at, really at any level. And uh, not only was Nebraska good in the infield, and you think about the, the middle of the infield, well, even the left side, Max Anderson, Spencer Schwellenbach, Cam Chick, uh, Bryce Matthews played a little bit in the infield. He was more in the outfield. But they were good and solid and experienced in the infield. They were even better in the outfield. How many times did we see Jackson Hallmark make a, a phenomenal play on a ball in the gap? He had speed, and he was very aggressive with the way that he played center field. If you remove Jackson Hallmark from the equation, that's, that's going to be where this, the plot thickens a little bit for this baseball team is how do they replace some of these key players. You already touched on that, Bill. But of the, of the stats that you pointed, it tells me that they're efficient in all facets. They're not just a one-trick pony. And two, they're doing things that don't beat themselves. Now, Bolt said that they're probably going to play less small ball this year. He thinks that they can manufacture offense just by hitting the ball as opposed to getting guys on base and trying to go station to station, which if you look at the roster, I think that's interesting because it's not like they have a Scott Schreiber that's going to step right. to the plate or uh, a Luke Gorsett or an Alex Gordon, some of the guys that could really poke the ball. Instead, well, maybe they do, and we just don't know it yet. That's the, that's the beauty of preseason. Other categories they were first, hits, runs, shutouts, strike-to-walk ratio. The captains for your 2022 season, Shea Shanneman and Kyle Perry. Will Bold has said they are 1A and 1B as far as Friday, Saturday starters. Griffin Everett, Lincoln Southwest product, and Kim Chick. All seniors. I like that. And two of them are pitchers. Um, 1A, 1B. I think it's pretty interesting that the coaching staff gives the nod to Kyle Perry over Shea Shanneman. I really think it's flipping the coin and maybe playing some matchups. Will Kyle Perry, nobody expected him to pitch last year oh, after no. the offseason surgery. And then he comes in and he's starting in your regional. He is a bulldog. That's why. Kyle Perry is as competitive of a baseball player as you will come by. Now, he doesn't have overpowering stuff. He's very crafty. He understands how to work the edges of the plate, and he can mix his pitches really, really well. And he was also learning all season. As he was out last year during the 2021 season, Bill, he was watching Cade Povich, Nebraska's Friday night left-handed pitcher. So he was learning right there in the bullpen sessions uh, during game days from an upperclassman on, on how to maneuver and how to manage Big Ten lineups and all that stuff. So Kyle Perry, like, it's not like he was just out. He was still taking mental reps. But the recovery aspect of it, you saw the photos, right? When he got injured, mm -hmm. like, he was, he was not in good shape. And some were wondering, like, how long is the recovery time on this? For him to be on the mound last year, no less in the postseason, as you mentioned, it was quite remarkable. They, they really limited what Kyle Perry did during the fall just because he did throw on the backside of the season and in some high-pressure moments. So they, they let him rest his arm, but that's where he has earned this job this preseason. When practice started in January, Perry has just pounded the strike zone. He's shown that competitive spirit that he's always had, and now he's going to get the ball for the Huskers opener on Friday. The coaching staff just wants to go with the lefty, and I think that that's actually pretty smart. Uh, 
They say that it can make the opponent maybe adjust the lineup a little bit. I would go it a step further. When you have a lefty, you can slow a team down. I don't know how aggressive Sam Houston wants to be in game number one, but maybe they want to try to set the tone on the bases. But if you have a left-handed pitcher, your percentage of trying to pick somebody off goes up. So perhaps it's a little gamesmanship here, and I like it. On Friday, when Nebraska plays Sam Houston, it'll be the first time in 709 days <laughs> that they have played a non-conference regular season baseball game. How many days? 709 days. How long did it take you to leave? You did some digging for that nugget. Uh, I typed in Google. Oh, okay. <laughs> How long between this date and this date? I believe uh, March 11th of 2020 against Northern Colorado. I was just going to guess it had to have been Northern Colorado. <laughs> it was which, Northern Colorado. Strangely, Northern Colorado is not on the schedule this year. All right, here's a little quiz for you. Sam Houston, no shocker, about 40 miles north of Houston, uh, pretty famous Texas figure, the only U.S. politician in history to be governor of two different states. Name the other state. Obviously, one is Texas. Oklahoma. Close. Not close. It was Tennessee. Okay. <laughs> All right. Did I help I, you out with that one, too? I, uh, yeah. Yeah, it did. Of course it did. I digress. Okay, so you're opening, you're opening weekend starters. We're going Kyle Perry, Shea Shanneman, Douglas McCarville. Da Dawson McCarville. See, again, McCarville. we got to learn names. Again. Yes. Brand new guy. And then Braxton Bragg on, on – uh, this on Sunday. Sunday on the finale. So it's different. It's not just setting a three-game rotation. They have to go four because Saturday is a doubleheader. Both those games will be uh, seven-inning games. Bragg is interesting. Don't look at his numbers. Uh, his career ERA is around nine. And some fans might look at that and say, whoa, uh, what, what are we doing? We, we, are the other guys just not ready? The coaching staff says Braxton Bragg has had the highest strike percentage rate of any pitcher during the preseason. So clearly he's made some improvements. Hopefully he's just not piping the ball down the middle of the plate and Sam Houston's able to tee off. Let's do our best to go around the horn here. Uh, obviously Griffin Everett and Max Anderson are pretty locks at catcher and third base. You got Kyle Perry at pitcher. Who do you envision at short second and first? Well, Bryce Matthews is going to play shortstop this year. We've seen him in practice a few days and man, he is electric. Uh, at the shortstop position. You're going to see his athleticism really shine. Uh, Bryce Matthews, by the way, he was recruited to possibly play quarterback right. in college, but decided to play baseball, and Nebraska is very lucky to have him. Second base, probably going to be Cam Chick. However, they have some flexibility with Cam. They can put him in the outfield, and that's where we'll get to that here in a second. But just going off of what Cam has played over his career, let's just slight, uh, slate him in at second, and then at first base, uh, I'd say the odds are Jack Style is going to be there, a big, tall guy, uh, a righty that he has some experience with the Huskers. Max just, Anderson may, may swing, though. They've said that Max could see some time over at first base. Not only Max, you told me another name that is going to surprise Husker fans that could see some time at first base. Colby Gomez is going to be the, the closer for this team. Uh, missed last year due to injury. And if there is one hot name around the Alex Gordon training complex, it's Colby Gomez. His teammates cannot say enough good things about his progress. Uh, obviously, he's one of the older guys on the team, and he's very mature and a likable personality, but they say that he is back to freshman form. And if you remember, he was a freshman All-American, oh, about 17 years, I mean, five years ago. 
seems like he's been here on campus quite a while, but it would be great for Colby's story because remember, the last pitch he threw in a Husker uniform in a game setting, it's the last game of the Darren Erstad era. It was the home run that the Huskers got walked off on. Oh, yeah. So it's been a long wait for him to get back on the mound. You know, Nebraska's had some success. Will Bold has had some success with a, a pitcher and fielder combination. Of course, Spencer Swellenbach, John Olerud Award winner. For sure. Last year. Okay, let's hit the outfield then. Now, this is where... Anybody's guess? It, it is anybody's guess. Is there a lock? Is there a lock? No. Left, center, or right? No. Um, again, when you move Bryce Matthews out of the outfield and into the infield, you know... Um, Okay, and Bryce played some second base last year as well. I would say the one player that maybe has the best chance of being a regular starter in the outfield, because Mojo Haggy isn't there uh, for the first time in a long time. So 17 years. Yeah, he's talking about guys <laughs> who have been around a while. Uh, Luke Sartori, um, he is a Lincoln, uh, a Lincoln native who played at Lincoln Southwest. He went down to Hutchinson Community College. Saw a little bit of action last year. I would say Luke is going to get a pretty good look in the outfield. Um, Here's another name for you. I think Tyler Palmer has a chance. He's from Columbus. Uh, you know, he was so highly touted when he was signed out of high school. But really, Bill, I, th there, there, are, there are innings to be had if you play outfield at Nebraska. I think another one would be Garrett Anglum, who's from Papillion La Vista. There's a big-name freshman who decided not to go play Major League Baseball, decided to come to Nebraska from Elkhorn, Drew Christo. Does he play this year? Absolutely. They, they have to. Now, there might be some growing pains. Um, Bill, he could have been a second-round pick in the Major League Baseball draft. But the Major League draft is so different than any other draft. It's not about overall talent. There's a signability factor, and uh, Drew Christo had a leverage play here of you know, he could go to college and play for Nebraska if the, the dollar amount didn't match what he wanted. And I'm not saying that that's what happened, but Drew Christo. Well, there's a business aspect I think, to it. I certainly. think in his heart, Drew really wanted to play college baseball. And, of course, he's the son of Monty Christo, who played football at Nebraska. And uh, I, will, I will say this. You can waste a lot of time watching Drew Christo YouTube videos if you get down in the rabbit hole long enough. When he, was, uh, at high, when he was in high school last year, there were a few times where, you know, he's done so much stuff with USA Baseball and Perfect Game, and he's got so many videos. We're going to talk about a big guy, 6'4", 230. Yeah, and he can hum. He is throwing uh, mid to upper 80s, or 90s, excuse me, and you got to believe with the weight training at the University of Nebraska and still growing, like, and usually when young arms are throwing that hard, it's about control. Absolutely. And he had phenomenal control last year. I don't have the stats in front of me, but Drew's strikeout-to-walk ratio last year was, like, ridiculous. I think he walked, like, four guys and had 100-plus strikeouts. What are your preseason, not preseason, one of your 2022 predictions in our podcast about a month ago was that Nebraska would host a regional. Nebraska baseball would host a regional. That's Will Bolt's goal. After covering the first three weeks of this, this team, is that still something you believe is likely to happen? Yep. Yeah. I don't see why it couldn't. 
Um, you will learn more once the games start. So let's talk Friday night. And then let's talk Saturday after two more games. And let's talk. See, that's one thing about baseball is because of the frequency in which they play, you learn about these teams so much quicker. But the caveat is, is that different pitchers are on the mound each game. So it's not apples to apples all the way through. You have to evaluate teams because some teams can be really good when player X is on the mound. But then when you go to player Y, then all of a sudden you lose a little bit of a little bit of your swagger, your identity, and you're not as sharp. So that's why we always talk so much about the pitching rotation. It's not just about the arms and what they bring, but oftentimes the team reflects what the pitcher is able to do on the mound. Think of when Java Chamberlain, you know, because he was animated, fiery, super competitive. In that 05 team, when Java pitched, man, they just rose to the occasion. He brought so much good out of his teammates. So let's see what Dawson McCarville can do when he's on the mound and Braxton Bragg and everybody else that'll uh, set foot on the rubber this weekend. You're going to learn a, a lot more about Nebraska over this first three weeks. They make three uh, consecutive trips to Texas after this four-game stretch against Sam Houston. They go to Arlington. They play top 25 TCU next week. Uh, then they got a little tournament with UT Arlington and Northwestern State, also in Arlington. Uh, their first home game, Long Beach State, March 11th. They go from no conference games to 22 conference games before they, or 22 non-conference games, excuse me, uh, before they open up Big Ten play at home against Michigan. March 25th. You know what's interesting? You know, m most years you would look at that and say, well, how many games are they really going to get in playing baseball outdoors in Nebraska in March? <laughs> this year it's like not even a discussion. It's just assumed that they're going to be playing at Hawks Field. Well, when you have 3.7 inches of snow the entire winter season, which is an all-time record so far for, for Lincoln, Nebraska, at least since uh, records started being kept. Will Bolt talked about it with you. He, talk, he talked about the advantage of being able to play outside, being able to practice outside, something that in January and February doesn't often happen in Nebraska. So day one of practice in January, they were not outside. It was cold that day, but the second day, they went over to Den Hartog Field here in Lincoln because it has turf. And they had a scrimmage on day two of practice. I mean, this is, Rhonda Ravel said for her softball team, the amount of time she had practiced outside before the season started was unprecedented. She had never had that in her 20 plus years as a head coach. So of course, Will Bolt's like, sure. It, it, even look at this Saturday, or, or Sunday, excuse me. The expected temperature is supposed to be in the 60s. So while Nebraska is down playing in Texas, it's like, well, if you were here, you could have played at Haymarket Park. Haymarket Park, which has already sold out the lower bowl. Reserved seating, sold out for Nebraska baseball. Do, does everybody understand what that Tells means? Tells you a little bit about the excitement. It doesn't mean that games are sold no, out. No, no, it just means the reserved seating the, with Chair seat backs. backs. Chair yep. backs, yep. Well, uh, we'll get out of here soon. I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up women's basketball. Uh, Allison, uh, Allison, Amy Williams' crew, uh, knocking down, dominating, number five, Indiana. Rank them, right? <laughs> We've been saying that all year. Uh, 19 and six right now, eight and six in Big Ten play. Looking like a, you know, a five to, to eight seed probably. And, and their last four games are against Penn State, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Northwestern. Four teams 
that are not going dancing. So Nebraska's at 19 wins, so they're going to hit 20. I mean, they went over Indiana. That solidified their spot in the NCAA I think so. tournament. They're, they now have two top 10 wins. They beat Michigan. Killed Michigan. I'm just going to say, not just wins, Bill. Yeah, they've, they've dominated these two top 10 teams. Yeah. And they almost beat Indiana in Bloomington. Fell apart a little bit in the second half. Uh, Nebraska has really been in every single game. Two tough losses to Iowa and Caitlin Clark. Uh, it's looking like they'll probably be a five or six seed in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, but that net ranking, it's all, it's all the way up to 15 right now. I, w- I have a hard time believing this is, you know, unless it's a total collapse down the stretch, which I don't envision happening, that this team's not going dancing. Oh, they're going to go dancing. There's no doubt about that. And I would be lying if I uh, told you that I didn't look at who might be hosting in the NCAA tournament. Well, I've already, like, there's going to be uh, a first-round uh, games in Ames. There are going to be first-round games. Three hours. Yeah, there, there are some regional games. Um, of course, some Big Ten teams are going to host as well. Nebraska likely would not go be uh, seated and played in a pod with uh, teams from the same conference. It is not out of the question that Nebraska hosts in the first and second round of the NCAA tournament. If they win these final games, if they go on a run at the Big Ten tournament, if they win the Big Ten tournament, they host. I I didn't even know that was an option. Yes, absolutely it is. The way that the women's tournament works, it's not predetermined sites. It is for first and second. It's just like volleyball. You know, if you get one of those top seeds within the regional that you're placed in, you host. So that would be so it's the top 16 then? Correct. Okay. So Nebraska right now is at 19 wins. How many games are left in the regular season? Four. Let's say they win all four, because they should. They sh- they'll be favored. They should win all four. 23. So then you're 23 and six? 23 and six. Let's say you go on a run at the Big Ten tournament. Right now they're looking at they would probably have a buy into the second round. Three, three wins in the Big Ten tournament? If you're twenty, I mean, yeah. If you're twenty-six and six, Big Ten runner-ups, yeah, you're probably champs. You're probably hosting. If you're champs, you're yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's not Not, out of the realm of possibility. I don't mean to like make you chug some Kool-Aid right now, but I'm always down to chug some Kool-Aid. I was I was looking at it the other night after the Indiana win, and I said, "All right, what are the potential destinations for Nebraska in the NCAA tournament?" And then I started looking at the schedule and what lies ahead. Found myself at a moment pausing, saying, hey, what's to say one of those don't say Lincoln on there? Is that possible? And then the conclusion I made was, it is possible. Uh, do, do we need to talk about Nebraska men versus Iowa? I'm shaking my head no. <laughs> okay, we'll, just, it is we'll interesting. just leave it at that. The men have two home games left. Do you know when those home games are? Friday nights. Two Friday nights, both at 8 o'clock. That's not an ideal time to begin with. I mean, if you, but if if you're rolling, I mean, that would set up for a loud PBA, an intense atmosphere. If you're on the bubble, they are far from the bubble, Kevin. Did you watch Duke Wake Forest last night or at least flip it on for five seconds just I to see? I did not. Yeah, Cameron Indoor. Like, it's, it almost hurts your college basketball core when you see some of because it's getting real right now for a lot of teams. Fighting for positioning trying to get into the tournament, conference championship talk. PBA was that. I yeah. Mean, eight, I mean, no Sit eight, Sunday. No Sit Sunday, was, no Sit Sunday was eight years ago, Kevin. Wow. Yeah. We're getting old. That'll do it for our Husker baseball season preview. We will be back next week to preview 
Can't believe I'm saying this already. Spring football starts next Friday. That's not far away. It is right around the corner. For Kevin Suits, I'm Bill Shammer. This has been the End Report Podcast. You've been listening to the End Report Podcast from 1011 Now. Subscribe and leave a ratings on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you download your podcast. For more Husker coverage throughout the week, watch 1011 Now Sports and download the 1011 Now app.